Thank you for tuning in to my podcast, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For more information on services or products, you can go to my website at lisa-schwartz.com. I hope you enjoy today's message. So I was looking, and I looked up the definition of breakthrough, and I, I found this very interesting. So the definition of breakthrough, there's a couple of different definitions, of course, depending on who you ask. Um, but one of them says, a sudden, dramatic, and important discovery or development. A sudden, dramatic, and important discovery or development, which I find very interesting because God is like that. When we have a breakthrough, it's a sudden, right? And it tends to be pretty dramatic. It's exciting. It's, you know, and, and we get to that place where we're like, Ugh, at the end, and it's that on-time moment when God comes through with that breakthrough, I would say it's absolutely sudden. But there was another definition that intrigued me even more. And it said the definition of breakthrough is in, in a sense of warfare. And this is what was interesting. It says it's an offensive military assault that penetrates and carries beyond the defensive line. It is an act or instant, instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. It's a military movement or advance all the way through and beyond an enemy's frontline defense. And what intrigued me by this is, is remembering and recognizing that God gives us authority. God gives us power. He's given us, I'm reminded of um, in Numbers, when, or in Exodus, when they, in Exodus 14, when they come to the Red Sea. You know, we know that, in, that really famous passage and so many amazing things in that passage of Scripture. It's one of my favorite chapters in all of Scripture. They come to the Red Sea, and, and here Moses has um, brought the Israelites out of Egypt, and, um, and he's delivered them from, and he's trying to deliver them into, right? Because there's two different ways, two, two different states of deliverance. There's the idea of being delivered out of, but then there's the idea of being delivered into. And sometimes in the middle there, we experience a lot of opposition. We experience the enemy. We experience a lot of walls and, and, and things that will oppose us. So this is what happens to the Israelites. They come to this place, and, and, and if you get this geographical picture of where they're at. So they have mountains on their left. They have mountains on their right. And in front of them is the Red Sea. And right on their heels is Egypt. The captain is all of Egyptian, all the Egyptians, Pharaoh, the captains of his armies, and all of his armies in their chariots just following right on their heels. And in that moment, they're trapped. Exactly, and it's almost like God's kind of allured them in this place. And if you, if, if you are in a place where the, where the Israelites were, where they had been distant from God, hadn't heard from God for so many years, there has to be this place in their mind where they're beginning to doubt. And they're beginning to question. And they begin to uh, cry out unto the Lord and say, God, did you bring us out here just that we would die at the hands of the Egyptians? You remember the story, right? And then, um, and then they cry out to Moses. And, and Moses, on faith, I can't even imagine what Moses, he says, oh, don't be afraid, uh, be still, and the Lord's going to fight for us. And, and then he goes over kind of in his own quiet place and he's like, God, you got to help me out here. And so he's on faith, like kind of still just speaking the message that God has told him. And, and, and then he goes over kind of and he says, and, and, he, and he says to God, God, you've got to call, come through here. And, and God says this. He says, why were you crying out to me? Raise the staff and tell the people to move forward. That doesn't make any sense. 
Okay, so what we're talking about is a place where they needed a breakthrough. There, there was an opposition. There was no way out. They couldn't see strategy on their left. They couldn't see strategy on their right. They couldn't see strategy out in front of them. And they are hot, being chased down by the enemy, opposing them. And there doesn't seem to be a way out. And God's breakthrough military strategy is just move forward. Use the authority that I've given you. It's in a sense God is saying, why are you asking me to do what I've given you the power and the authority to do? And he has this rod. If you remember, in the beginning of Exodus, God gives um, Moses a rod and says, by this rod you shall perform signs, miracles, and wonders. And in a sense, he's giving him authority. It's a sign of the authority that God has given to us. I mentioned earlier that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In the beginning of Mark, when, when John the Baptist says, Surely, Jesus, the time has come. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning it's being handed into God's people. Meaning that he's given us the rod of the authority to be able to say, I need a breakthrough, and I'm going to raise this rod, and I'm going to move forward. And I'm going to expect that the breakthrough, as I begin to move forward on faith, that the breakthrough is going to happen. You follow what I'm saying? I love in um, Mark chapter 9, um, there's a man who is, is crying out into the, in, unto Jesus. He's got, a, he's got the son who's foaming and, and is tormented with evil spirits. And, um, and he's foaming at the mouth, and they bring him to Jesus, and, and he begins to complain. And, and, and Jesus asks the father, how long has this been happening to him? He said, from childhood. And often he's thrown himself both into the fire, into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, now listen to this man's heart. If you can do anything, have compassion on him and help us out. And Jesus says this. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, now, I'm going to say that again. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Before this, the man says, if you can do anything, have compassion on him and help me. Jesus comes back and says, well, if you can believe, all things are possible. Now I've got a problem. <laughs> because God's basically calling on my heart and saying, I can do to the extent in which you believe. And sometimes in our humanity, we have a hard time reconciling that place. When we're standing in the middle and we see mountains on our left, mountains on our right, a red sea in front of us, the enemy hot on our heels, and we're like, God, if you can do anything! And God says, to the extent by which you believe, that will be possible. To which you believe, that will be possible. And in a sense, he's putting it back on us. I love that you talked about coming into the, the, the throne room or singing just prophetically. With an assurance of faith, having a confidence, stepping into the throne room. With an assurance of faith, let's be honest. How many times when there's a mountains on our left, mountains on our right, the Red Sea in front of us, the enemy on our heels, that there's a boldness and a confidence and assurance of our faith that we can say, yes! God's going to come through on this. And I love the story in Mark chapter 9 because immediately the father cried out and he said this with tears. Lord, I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. 
What a beautiful picture of humanity. Because can, can we be honest? Can we just be honest? When we need a breakthrough and we know that God is saying, just keep moving forward, just keep moving forward, just keep moving forward, be offensive, I want you to be, I want you to be bold, I want you to be confident, I want you to hold me to my belief. And, and inside, we're off on the side going, God, you got to help me out here like Moses was, right? Or like this man who's like, ah, I do believe. Uh, help me in my unbelief. I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. And so there, there's, this, there's this unreconciliation a lot of times that we have to wrestle with in saying, I know what God is saying, but I also know what I'm seeing. I know what I'm experiencing. I know what my circumstances are telling me. And I can't reconcile what I want to believe is true, but what is happening, what my reality is. Right? Because sometimes our spiritual establishment doesn't line up with what our reality is saying. Because all of life is us getting our reality caught up to what's really true in our spiritual establishment. And, and there are things that are out of alignment. And we're in this place kind of caught in the in-between where we've got the mountains on our left, the mountains on our right, the Red Sea in front of us, and the enemy right on our heels. And we're standing there crying out and saying, God, did you lead me to this place to, to just abandon me? Did you, did you lead me to this place to just leave me here now? Did you call me out into the water to just cause me to drown? You know, one of my favorite passages in Scripture, one of my favorite verses says that we can be confident in this. That he who began a good work in us will carry it out into completion. Can we be honest? How many times are we confident in that? How many times are we confident? Being confident in this, we say, oh, he who began a good work in you will carry it out into completion. But we can be confident in that. There's a difference in saying this is what God says and, and I'm confident. And knowing that if God brought me out and delivered me out from Egypt, he's going to deliver me into the promised land. You follow? So I was thinking about this concept of breakthrough. That was all free. That was not the message. Um, in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I love this story. It says, it happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoshaphat was God's king. He was God's guy. And some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. This is his response. Now, I want you to watch how he gets his breakthrough. Because a breakthrough happens in this story. So Judah gathered them together and to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah, and they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the earth and all the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Now what is he doing here? He, he, he's reminding God, listen, God, this is what you've told me you are. This is who you are. He is remind, he's, he's just saying, hey, I'm just reminding you. And in the process, he's encouraging himself in the Lord. Right? He's combating his own fear, his own doubt by reminding himself, are you not? 
Are you not the God that you say that you are? He says, Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary. For He's saying, listen, God, everything you've said you're going to do, you've done. And so he goes on and he talks about all the things that God has done. And he begins to say, and now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, the people that you drove out are coming back and saying, this is their land. See, this isn't right. You're getting a word right now. This isn't right. Because you said this was my land. And so he's like, I'm, I'm just going to hold you to your word, God. I'm just going to hold you to your word. And then he says, here, here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given to us to inherit. You've told me this is my land. We, this is your possession that you gave to us, and now they've come back to throw us out of what you gave to us. That can't happen. You follow? And he goes on, he says, oh God, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. We don't know what to do. And then he says this, but our eyes are upon you. But our eyes are set upon you. Now all of Judah and their little ones and their wives and their children stood before the Lord. And the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, and the son of Jeel, the son of Medaniah, and the Levite and the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said this, listen. So the word of the Lord comes in and says, listen, all of you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid. Nor be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but it is God's. Tomorrow, go down against him. He, he, he gives him word and says, be still. The battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them. For the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites and the children of the Kaothites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord in Israel with their voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning, went out to the wilderness to Koah, and they went out. And Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and O inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe. Believe, be established, be firm, be persuaded, believe solidly. That word there is, is causative. It means to believe or to consider trustworthy. Okay? Believe in the Lord, your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. And who's, now here's his military advancement. Okay? We're talking about a breakthrough. This is bring it all back around to the very beginning. Because when you said a breakthrough is a, is a military offensive move that moves you clear in, through, and beyond the defensive line into the enemy's camp. And that's exactly what happens here. But watch their offensive move. They are still. They put their eye on the Lord. They believe the Lord. God gives them a word. And they go forth in praising and worshiping for a, the victory for a battle that hadn't even begun. There was that resolve in their heart. See, we don't have to have the breakthrough to be already praise God for the breakthrough. 
So if, if we get out in front of the breakthrough onto the enemy's line and start praising over there, and then your circumstances will catch up to the praise and the victory of the other, on the other side of the line. You guys following this? Yeah. All right. Because I can't break it down anymore. <coughs> and, when, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. What went out before the army? What went out before the fight? What went out before was the praise and the worship and the confidence, the celebration. Yes. They were already celebrating for a victory, the victory of a battle that hadn't even begun. They were that confident. They stood firmly on what God told them. Now when they, when they began to sing and to praise the Lord as the ambushes out against the Ammon, Moab, Matzir, the enemy... For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of, of Mount Seir and utter, to, to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. They helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came into the place of the battle, overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and all they saw were dead bodies and fallen all over the earth, and no one had escaped. It was their praise, their confidence, their celebration in knowing that God was going to do what God said he was going to do that actually confused the enemy. Listen, the enemy hates our praise. It confuses him. He, he scatters. He cannot stand it. And it is an offensive weapon in the kingdom. And as we were singing, I kept hearing, you said the word breakthrough, and I kept singing, and I kept singing, and I felt that, I heard the Lord just saying, sing your way through a breakthrough, into a breakthrough. Just keep singing your way until you get a breakthrough. Just keep singing into breakthrough. Sing your way into breakthrough. And it was like I could see the voices and the, and the word of God shooting out. From the mouths of us praising that was just beginning to move and scatter the enemy and was beginning, was beginning to fall over as if he didn't even exist. Because in the presence of praise, the enemy is irrelevant. He's absolutely irrelevant. And the fun part about this whole passage, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say this, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil... They found among them the abundance of valuables on the dead bodies, the precious jewelry, and they stripped them off more than they could carry away. And they were, <laughs> they spent three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. What are we talking about here? We're talking about the favor of God. That when we stand in this place, and, and, and I don't want to dispute that we are challenged. We are challenged in our belief. We're we struggle to believe. But at the end when we resolve and we just decide, listen, I have to believe God because if I don't, I'm toast. If I do, maybe I'm toast. I don't know. But I'm going to choose to believe in God. And I'm going to put action to my faith. And I'm going to praise him for what already doesn't exist on faith. I'm already going to celebrate. But we're we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate the closing of this house. We're going to celebrate the, the, the expansion of this ministry. We don't see it in the natural, but we know it, happens, it exists in the spirit. So what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Right, we're going to celebrate because we know it already exists. 
See, some of you in here need a breakthrough, and you're waiting for your breakthrough to celebrate. And it's our celebration that is the offensive weapon that brings the breakthrough. You follow? Mm -hmm. When we begin to celebrate on faith, it's the act. See, the scripture says that your faith without works is dead. So if we add to our faith the action of the celebration for what we don't even see already, but what we know and what we're believing God for, it is that actual act of celebration and praising and worshiping God for what we don't yet see, but what we know in the spirit that actually enforces the breakthrough to come. Because the enemy who is opposing you is going to back up. When you begin to praise. So if I want you to picture, if I'm standing right here and the enemy is standing in front of me and he is opposing me and I begin to praise God for what's out there and I start praising, what does the enemy have to do out in front of me? If I'm praising and I'm singing, Jesus Christ is Lord, Jesus Christ is Lord, we praise you God. I'm just making up songs. I'm just praising him. I'm worshiping him. And I am moving forward. I'm being confident and bold with an assurance of my faith entering in to the promise that I know God has given to me with every step that I take, the enemy is doing this. Because he can't stand my praise. He has to flee. You follow? So we have the power, because of the rod of authority, by our prayer and our praise, to literally push back the enemy. That's why scripture says he'll come at you one way, but he'll flee. Anybody know? He'll flee seven ways. <laughs> He'll flee all over the place. So he will come at you one way, but he will flee in seven different directions because he cannot stand your prayer and your praise. But if we're, if we're settling in defeat and we're settling in doubt and we just sit here and we wait, and I'm hearing the Lord saying, what are you waiting for? Raise up your rod and move forward. Use the weapons, use the tools that I've given to you. You're waiting on me to give you a breakthrough, and I'm waiting on you to step into your breakthrough. Because a lot of times we think we're waiting on God, and he's actually waiting on us. Because I don't think we have yet to recognize or realize the amount of power and authority that God has given to us. Let's take it back to the very first blessing. Adam, Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Have dominion. Stand upon the earth and subdue it. All the fish, all the birds, all the flocks, all the beasts, all these are under your feet. Yet how many times do we get pushed around? I mean, for goodness sake, sometimes we're pushed around by a donut. I can't stand against the resistance, the temptation of a donut. And I'm not making fun of that because I've struggled with that. But don't be pushed around by a dang donut. Seriously, take some authority in your life. Let's just, I'm just keeping it real. You know? Oh, I can't resist, you know? I came home with some ice cream the other day, and my husband was like, ice cream? What'd you get ice cream for? I'm like, well, the kids want ice cream. Great. Now, now I have to have ice cream. I'm like, really? Really, Brad? You're going to let that ice cream push you around? Yes, I am. I'm going to have ice cream. I need to use my own counseling tools. He was like, I will to have ice cream. And I'm not going to feel guilt. I'm going to will. I'm making an intentional decision to have ice cream. And I am not going to feel guilty. And, and it's funny. And we laugh about it. But let's really think about what's happening spiritually. And how many times we are pushed around by things that God has given us dominion over. Truly, truly. But I, I really want you to get this visual. Like as 
you know, worship isn't just worship. It's warfare. You know, it, it's, it pushes the enemy back. Literally pushes the enemy back. Um, Paul and Silas are in jail, remember? And it says that they're at the, the what? The midnight hour. And what did they need? A breakthrough. They needed a breakthrough. And when they were praising and worshiping God, it didn't look like this. Oh, God, please help us. I mean, it wasn't like that. They're chained to the wall, and their praise and worship is like, We love you, Lord, and we lift our voice to worship you. And as they're moving forward, guess what's happening? Their chains are falling. The cell doors are swinging wide open, not just in their cell, but in the entire jail. That's what the scripture says, that all the chains were set, were broken off. All the cell doors, their praise and worship didn't just scatter the enemy in their cell. It scattered the enemy every place their voice fell. That's a powerful praise. Because what were they were doing? They were already praising and celebrating and worshiping God for a breakthrough that they weren't yet experiencing, but they were confident in it. They were confident in it. So if you're, if you're waiting on a breakthrough, can, can we just sing our way into a breakthrough tonight? Can we just celebrate God? Can we celebrate the victory even though we don't see it because we're so confident in it? Because we know what God has said. We know who God is. We know what he has promised us. God can't be, go against his nature. He can't go against his nature. I hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information on Lisa Schwartz, please head to my website at lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.